Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Business Foundation course, designed to help teachers finally nail their niche, grow their confidence and their business savvy, and generate a consistent income of £2,000 sterling or more a month teaching part-time. If you found filling your classes and growing your community frustrating, you're in the right place. These podcasts are deliberately designed as bite-sized nuggets of information to help you move from struggle and frustration to a career which is not only emotionally rewarding, but financially too. Truthfully, I sometimes find the yoga world a little too dogmatic and preachy for my liking, and I must admit, I thought twice about releasing this topic as a podcast as I'm well aware that I am putting my head above the parapet here, opening up the possibility of vitriol from some quarters of the yoga community. But as Brené Brown says, what's the greater risk? Letting go of what people think or letting go of how I feel, what I believe and who I am? Because over the last decade or so, I've been teaching. I've seen a concerning increase in the rise of partisan mentality, dogma and increasing vitriol about what yoga is and how it should be taught. Social media putting so many yoga teachers in touch with one another through a device ever present in their hands means there are constant streams and threads claiming a particular perspective. But the truth is, these are simply perspectives. As Sam Harris says in his New Year message on the Waking Up app this year, It would appear the world is becoming increasingly divisive. With much of the chaos that we currently see, apart from natural disasters, being the results of our minds being out of control. Minds which spew such things as fear, greed, ignorance or false certainty out into the social web, which at its heart knows using its algorithm it is more likely to capture our attention and therefore our eyeballs and perhaps our money too. I've seen yoga threads in Facebook groups recently where I am truly in despair at the vitriol displayed by some who purport to be yogis. And what is a yogi anyhow? Does anyone have a definition that we could all agree on? One major problem with all of this, as far as I can see, is how it impacts each and every one of us as individual teachers in terms of how we teach and how we find our own style and our authentic voice in the middle of all this noise. When we're just starting out, we take a lot from our first major teachers in our teacher training course. If it's a teacher we feel resonates for us, it's natural to want to take some of their approach, their language, sequences and ideas and use them in our own classes. But having taught in one guise or another for over 50 years now, I can honestly say that finding your own voice may take a little time and in all honesty, it changes as you change and grow too. It's a process, not a destination. But... Finding the courage to be yourself is a powerful catalyst for helping deal with imposter syndrome, a common affliction amongst yoga teachers, I find, and for aiding in your ability to attract the students that I believe you are best able and meant to serve. I do not accept dogma. 
I believe in being curious and questioning what we hear and read. I believe there is more than one path to become someone who truly thrives in this world. And unless there is indisputable evidence to support a theory, I treat it as a belief. Now, some beliefs are helpful, and if so, keep them. Some beliefs are less so, or even downright harmful. But trying to dominate the discussion or condemn others for their perspectives is, as far as I'm concerned, neither acceptable nor conducive to a civil and thriving society. Total honesty here, let me tell you a story. My advanced yoga teacher training did not go well. Taken by a teacher whose pedagogy was didactic and who made it clear her teachings were instructions as opposed to a sharing of ideas and techniques, I found it a very difficult experience. Any desire to encourage constructive debate was not welcomed. Some of the practices that she tried to impose on the group, such as dry fasting in over 30 degree heat, a practice done at certain times of the month and moon's position, and which, as I as tactfully as possible, refused to take part in, the other, much younger and more vulnerable aspiring teachers felt obliged to do it although behind her back they did not follow her instructions to the letter. She and I did not get on. The truth is, I'm one of those learners who has a curiosity about all sorts of things, but three things are very important to me in my learning. Number one, does the content interest and inspire me, and can I see how this might be useful to share with my students as another tool, technique, or perspective to consider for their own well-being. Number two, can this help me to grow and thrive as a person if I actually apply what I learn? And finally, number three, to what extent is what I'm learning based on fact or on strong evidence? All three matter. And how might this affect us as new teachers going out into the world, trying to attract others to our classes? Sometimes it can feel challenging, bringing our own voice to our teaching, especially in the beginning. So often we find what we do is we take our style, approach and perspective on how we teach from those who taught us and with whom we resonated. And that's fine to a point. You've got to start somewhere. But trying to be something or someone you're not, or attempting to follow what I call the shoulds of how to teach yoga, is draining and hard work. Isn't it much easier to just be you? With all your idiosyncrasies, as long as you teach with passion and heart from your perspective, you will draw the right students to you. I'd like to encourage you to trust in yourself. What's more important is your own mindfulness and yoga practice. How you teach will be different to me. What skills and knowledge you have is different to mine. What avenues interest you within the yoga and wellness arena will likely be diverse. And I actually think that's fabulous. So how does this play out in reality for me? If Sanskrit, 
Patanjali, specific philosophical and more faith-based spiritual perspectives, chakras, chanting, or other more esoteric topics often associated with yoga are not your interest or strengths, don't teach them. If they are, do. If you hear loud messages and opinions from other teachers in, in other groups about whether you should demo or not in a class, listen less to other teachers and pay more attention to the students in front of you. Their needs are more important. And if you're filling classes, if students stay with you for a long time, it's because however you're showing up, it suits and helps them. They wouldn't stay otherwise. Isn't that all that matters? Play to your strengths. If your students show an interest which isn't in your strength, how about getting a speaker or a visiting teacher to come to talk at a workshop or a retreat day? How about recording podcasts of interviews with people on other topics that are not your strengths? And those can be used as assets in your business later for what I call the added value. I believe there is no one path to any individual thriving. The more we as teachers can share perspectives, encourage debate and curiosity and openness, the better, in my view. No conspiracy theories here, just a willingness to be open, look for as much evidence-based information as possible and use your value guidance system to guide you to your position. There is no room for doctrine in my community. So excuse me if I pointedly remove myself from commenting on the next heated debate about what we should or should not be teaching as a yoga teacher. So if you ever find yourself struck by imposter syndrome, if you ever find yourself trying to imitate what you see other yoga teachers do, but somehow find it hard work, after all, it is hard work trying to be someone that you're not, let's face it. If this is a topic that resonates for you, then perhaps I can help. I help aspiring yoga teachers build a profitable part-time business generating between two and four thousand pounds sterling a month, being the best version of themselves. If you'd like to know more about how this 12-week mentoring and coaching program might help you, contact me direct at shona at fastmail.com. I might just be able to help. Namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope you find these tips helpful. With over a decade of experience and into my 70s now, I'd like to think that I can help other yoga teachers find a rewarding career teaching yoga. I run a foundation training course in business skills for yoga teachers designed specifically to give them a solid base and business savvy upon which they can build and scale up if they choose. If you're interested in learning more, drop me a line at shona at fastmail.com. Meanwhile, do subscribe to the podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback or topics you'd like to listen to. And go out there and bring your yoga to the students that you were meant to serve. Namaste. Namaste.